the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Yes, we are. Uh, the Blue Shirts win over the Dallas Stars. Uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, Post game versus the uh, Dallas Stars, and um, we're going to talk a little bit of the stadium series over the weekend at MetLife Stadium with those two games and a big win for the Blue Shirts over the Islanders with an OT win. Uh, Panarin, uh, um, probably one of his better goals as a Ranger, especially in that environment. We'll you know we'll have the guys talking, get their thoughts about that. Uh, let's see, uh, Yarmir Yager's uh, jersey retirement with Pittsburgh. The Islanders host the 2026. All-Star game. There's a lot of things to discuss in the next hour, so let's bring the guys on. And Igor Shostakovich had his best game of the season. I can't remember a game better than the saves he made tonight. And RP always says it when you need him to make a crucial uh, any goalie to make that crucial save, and it came on in bunches tonight. So uh, congratulations to the Rangers for getting another two points, an eight-game win streak, and then also uh, Igor. Man, we needed that out of him. But let's get the guys on. A quick hello for everybody. 50 minutes into the episode, we'll land the plan to get to final thoughts. But, Glenn, say hello to the people, man. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing great, Steve, on this uh, run that the Rangers are on. Uh, all day, I thought we'd probably be talking mostly about uh, the uh, Stadium Series game on Sunday. Yep. But, man, right now, uh, that was hockey the way it ought to be. I mean, what a 60-minute effort, full-team effort. So many guys were, were involved and, and visible tonight. And uh, I can't wait to talk about that, too. Cool, man. We'll lead off with you, man. Shout out to you, Glenn. And, Scott, quick hello. Say hi to the people. How's everything, man? Yes, yes. Good evening. Uh, I concur with that. I figured this would be, uh, you know, 45 minutes of uh, about Sunday. But uh, I, would, I wouldn't say tonight we'll upstaged it. What's that? We'll get to that. We'll get to I, that. Yeah, you know, I was just saying, I figured, like, the entire call would be about Sunday's game. But uh, this game here, I wouldn't say upstaged it, but uh, this is uh, this, this was an absolute gem tonight uh, as well. So uh, life is good. We got, uh, we got some good stuff to talk about tonight. Absolutely. And also, when we go back, when it's your turn to talk, we've got to get your ginger update. So you let you know that I was not bullshitting with you last week. So we'll, we'll get that for the record, by the way. Uh, let's get Carl on. Hey, Carl, what's up, man? How you doing? Good win for the blue shirts. How you doing, sir? Hey, pleasant good evening, gentlemen. It has been a very positive week since the last time we all chatted. It really was, man. I mean, still rolling, man. Accumulating two points since the last time we spoke and more so. Hey, Glenn, let's talk about it. We got an hour to knock this out. Great win. Great saves by Igor Shosturkin tonight. I know uh, Scott alluded to the stadium series, the game he was at at MetLife Stadium. That was a fantastic environment for the two days. Uh, but tonight, man, I mean, because we're fresh off the win. Let's talk about it. Shosturkin, this is his best game. I got to start there with Shosturkin. And, but also anything, you know, Blake Wheeler, out for the year. Your thoughts on that. Um, we'll keep it blue shirts for now for the first go around. Your thoughts, uh, Glenn? Then we'll go to Scott. We'll go to Carl, and after that, yeah, I'll, I'll touch on a little bit of, of each. I mean, this game tonight, you, you know, you look at this uh, stretch of games, and this isn't the first one that the Rangers have played. You look at, 
you know, the Colorado game, the uh, uh, the Tampa game, now this game uh, against some of the top teams in the league. And uh, they've come to play each of those games. The, the hockey itself has been tremendous. Uh, I mean, Igor, you know, gives up five. And I, I don't read too much into that because, you know, with the uh, with the – the different atmosphere of an outside game, I think it probably affects goalies more than anybody else. So um, I don't, I don't read too much into that, but I mean, he came up with a gem tonight. They, they could have played till tomorrow morning. Uh, and I don't think Dallas would have gotten a second goal. Uh, and, and that's a good offensive team that you're talking about. So uh, credit him, uh, credit the Rangers defensively. I thought they made a lot of, a lot of good plays in their defensive zone. Um, and uh, you know, they come up with another win against uh one of the best teams in the league. So that's that's very encouraging uh, for the playoffs because you're going to be playing the top teams in the league. So if they can elevate their game, which sometimes you wonder if this team plays uh, up and down to the level of their competition. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it bodes well if they play well against the good teams because that's what you're going to find uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, just a tremendous win tonight, tremendous game just to watch as a hockey fan. And, uh, you know, great saves on both sides. Let's give, uh, um, you know, Dallas their due, too. I mean, uh, but both teams played very well. Uh, great offensive chances, both, uh, uh, you know, odd man rushes and, uh, you know, uh, uh, sustained possession in the other team's zones. Um, and from a Rangers standpoint, there were so many guys to me that stood out and were noticeable. I mean, Kaka with that goal, that's a sniper's goal. I didn't know he had that in him. Uh, and, uh, you know, but other guys like Fox, uh, seeming like he had four pairs of eyes on the ice, uh, Kreider and, and Mika were certainly, uh, uh, you know, noticeable. I mean, he, even even guys like uh, Goudreau uh, and, and Trocek, obviously, he does that a lot. You know, everybody seemed to have a role in, in the win tonight, and I thought that was uh, a really good sign going forward. Uh, as far as the stadium series, you guys know I said last week that, uh, you know, I never really had to go because, uh, you know, you're sitting so far away and it's cold. You don't know how the weather's going to be. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, by the end of that game, and probably a lot of it had to do with the way it turned out, uh, I was jealous of the 79,000 people uh, plus Scott that were there uh, on Sunday afternoon. That was just uh, – uh, you know, the NHL knows how to put on a show with those outdoor games. They really do. Uh, you had, uh, uh, you know, not not just the game itself, but uh, all the uh, uh, all the excitement, uh, you know, 80,000, four times the amount of fans that have uh, fit into the garden for a Ranger game. And, uh, you know, you got to see uh, some old Rangers. Mess was there. Gravy was there. Uh, Ranger fans got to see Potvin again. So that, uh, you know, since they saw him in person, that. Uh, automatically extends the pot van sucks at the garden for another 15 years. I think, I think that's the, the, the rule. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. And I mean, to have that game turned out how it did, I tell you, I, I didn't see it coming. I was sitting there with 10 minutes left in the third period saying, I, I don't see any reason why I should be uh, optimistic that they're going to come back. I really didn't. Uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously they got the, uh, uh, the two power plays, uh, you got a hand at the Laviolette. He had as much a hand in that win as the players did, I think, by pulling Igor twice to uh, set up the six on four. They scored on both of them. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously the uh, the stunning ending uh, with uh, Panarin. So, um, you know, it was just a, a great 
a great spectacle for the NHL. They really know how to how to do it with those uh, outdoor games. And uh, you know, I know for for Scott who was there, I saw a lot of the pictures that you posted. Looked like you had a great time. And uh, um, I know that uh, you know you have such uh, uh, high uh, esteem and respect for the Islanders, so I'm sure you felt real bad for them. And uh, your emotions were kind of mixed <laughs> at the end of the game. Uh, but, uh, you know, I hope you had a good time anyway. So tell us about it. Yeah, Scott, tell us about it. Your ginger okay, update. Yeah. I mean, he said attendance plus Scott. That's how they got to do it next time. Like when they get the attendance at the games, it's the attendance <laughs> and then plus Scott. And then, and then you know, if, if my thoughts, if you, you know, I know besides our game, right? Did you like the fact that the Flyers came out to Rocky and then the Devils came out to the Sopranos? What, who won that? Who won that battle? Who? Ah, I got to give it a draw. I mean, you know, they both (laughs) represent. They both, you know, trying to be, I'm trying to be, you know, neutral objective here. They both represented, uh, you know, probably the most famous pop culture uh, of each given area. you know, they, they went original Rocky, you know, with the gray sweats, Rocky one, or, or maybe I guess Rocky two, the, uh, you know, the jog, uh, where, you know, where everybody lined up behind them, you know, to, to the, to the, uh, to, to the stairs there. So they went, uh, the, the Rocky two and then, uh, you know, Sopranos just, you know, just pick a track suit. <laughs> so I just, I, I love that they both did that. Uh, and you know, equally, I love that, uh, that we did the, uh, the NYPD and FDNY, uh, hockey teams. So, uh, you know, I, I really like what they did there. Uh, all, all four teams, uh, I, I don't know what the Islanders did. Uh, you know, as Glenn pointed out, who cares? <laughs> um, so yeah, we we I had an absolute blast. Before I get into that, let me just touch on uh, on tonight. You know, last week when we were, I guess it was right after the Calgary game, so we were five games into the win, win streak. I actually had some complaints about the the lack of scoring and you know the the one goal games against Colorado and and Tampa. Uh, but now I I'm changing my tune here. I mean, yes, they blew out Montreal as they should have. And, you, you know, put up six or, or as, as I said last week, you know, I take away OT goals. So five real goals against the Islanders. Okay. And, and yeah, that's, you know, you, you could pretty much, uh, you, you know, it, it's a different kind of game. You, you can pretty much throw, you, you know, it, it, it's not your, your base, you know, it's not, it's not the standard game. You can pretty much throw the, you know, all your regular metrics out the window for that kind of atmosphere. Um, but tonight um, this was a, you know, a one goal game. And I'm not upset about that because because when you, now when you add that into the last two Tampa uh, and, and Colorado, these are three teams that absolutely all three of them could be in the Stanley Cup Finals, and those are the kind of chess match games to win. You know, last week I was getting a little frustrated because you know you, that's not sustainable to keep beating every team that way. But this is a little different, and and they're fresh off of that uh, that Sunday night game. This could have been. I mean, well, it's not a trap game because Dallas is clearly not a trap game type team because they are one of the best teams in the league. Um, but it, you know, it could have been. They could have been still riding that Sunday high and getting caught off guard, uh, and they did. They played, you know, overall I, too many shots. 
you know, we, 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 we've talked about that, but, but the Rangers had 30 some shots here as well. So, you know, they went toe to toe and absolutely Steve agree. Igor's best game of the year, uh, perfect time to have it, uh, you know, and also agree with Glenn, you know, the, you, you get a pass for letting up the five outdoors. You got wind in your face. You've got, uh, you've got cold, you've got sun bouncing off the ice and which one of the reasons they delayed the game 45 minutes. So, you know, you got to give Igor some, some leeway there. Uh, but, you know, rebound, with the perfect, you know, as great of a game as you could have possibly have played. He had no chance on that, uh, the only goal that went in, and that saved toward me. And multiple, multiple highlight saves in that third period. Absolutely. So, now, get to the main event. So, I went to both, and uh, let me let me say, this is my third Ranger outdoor game and fourth overall, uh, and they've all been in baseball stadiums, and this was just completely different. I mean, they have to be in football stadiums. I mean, just, you know, it's simple geometry. You know, the geometry we took in high school that was completely useless. Well, here's where it pays off. Rink is oval, stadium oval. Not a difficult concept. And the sight lines were just great. And I sat in two completely different spots. I was in, so MetLife, if anyone is not familiar, it's three, set, you know, three levels. For the, for the Devil game on Saturday night, we were, we were mid-level um, and behind the goal. So we were a little closer and behind the goal. And I didn't think we were, we were far at all. I thought we were fine. And then for, for Sunday, we were upper deck, 19th row, blue line. And as soon as we sat down in the seats, I said, these seats are fantastic. Um, you, you know, blue line, you, you know, obviously, you know where that is. Um, and, and I don't really think we were far uh, at all. I mean, we saw every goal just fine. Um, you know, it wasn't a case. I've been to some of these where I don't know if the other team scored. You know, I don't know if somebody scored until I see people celebrating. No, we saw everything, no problem. You know, the sight lines were just spectacular no matter where you were sitting. And, you know, I had two, two as different uh, two angles as you could possibly have and behind the goal and, and, and blue line. And, and, and I had no problem with either seat. So uh, the sight lines were fine. And, you know, you really weren't as far away as I anticipated being. Um, so there's that. So how about the overall atmosphere? You know, um, I don't know if anybody, you know, follows or listens to WFAN. I don't listen to them anymore. I haven't listened to WFAN in years. But I follow them on Facebook. And uh, Evan Roberts, who's a big Islander fan, went on an absolute tirade today just typical islander fan stuff just trashing ranger fans i saw the story and then they clicked on the link and watched the video on a uh, on facebook and just went on a tirade trashing ranger fans for for celebrating like like treating this as if it was the stanley cup like we won the stanley cup and blowing it way out of proportion and i'm just sitting there laughing my ass off and he's saying how uh you know this is no different than if it was played at, at either arena and, you know, the one logical thing he said is that, yes, it's a regular season game. It's two points. It doesn't matter where the game is. It's only worth two points. But that is where the sanity of his statement ends. I have never seen, like I said, this is my fourth outdoor game, three Rangers. I have never had an experience like this in my life. I mean, we got there. The game was at you know three forty-five. We got there ten a.m. when the when the parking lot opens. Started setting up the tailgate, grilling everything going. We, we there was another tailgate next door we were friends with. So we had about thirty, forty people. Um, 
just you know just partying for five hours in the cold and the wind uh it was it was great we got in there the game um i mean everything about this uh, you know evan roberts could not have possibly be more wrong uh about how big of a game this transcended a regular season game in a way i've never seen before even in the other outdoor games the stadium 80,000 people, the atmosphere, the rivalry, you know, you could not have a better matchup of the two teams. The two the fans hate each other. Fans were going nuts. Uh, and then, of course, the way the game went down, that ending, I mean, it, it absolutely transcended uh, a regular season game. Yes, it's worth two points in the standings. I understand that. But this was something special. This, I, 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 I'm going to be completely honest with you, and I might be a little biased here in this statement uh, because, you know, the, it's, the new car smell is still there. It's only been two days. But, uh, you know, when I think of the best, and I don't want to say best games per se, you know, in terms of how the game went, but I'm just saying just best overall Rangers experience from being at games. You know, the, the the three that come to mind are, are the Marty St. Louis, Montreal OT game I was at, uh, Pittsburgh game seven two years ago, Stepon game seven, Washington. I was at all three of those. I honestly, right now, just in terms of overall just unbelievable experience, this might be right now. And, again, I might amend this when the, when the novelty wears off next week. I don't know. But right now I'm putting this as my just – favorite all-time Ranger experience that I've ever been to. I mean, again, it was a 10-hour thing. You know, it started with the tailgate from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. when we walked out. When, when, when that ref announced we got a good goal, I mean, that place was electric. I don't know if you guys saw, there's a video. You know, sometimes they put, the Rangers Facebook page posts those videos where the camera's down on the ice and it's a, you know, a little couple-second clip of a goal with no announcer, so all you hear is crowd it was a site called Sportsnet posted it. It was the Mika tying goal. The camera's right in the corner, so Mika's right in front of you, the you know, perfect angle on the goal line. When he tied that game, no announcer. And I will, uh, I will, I will, I will, I will PM you guys this video um, when we're done with the call. If you haven't seen this okay. video, just the crowd noise when Mika tied that game. You know, eighty thousand people, seventy nine thousand six hundred and ninety plus me. Uh, just absolutely erupting. You have to hear the crowd in this video. And then again, I know you guys are friends with me on Facebook. Hopefully you saw the uh, the video I took of the uh, uh, when the ref announced it. I mean, it was electric in there. Those last two goals and the OT goal, absolutely electric. It, just the entire experience was I've never experienced anything like it, and this absolutely transcended a regular season game. Um, you know, I, I, happen, I like the outdoor games anyway. I think they're fun, but this was something that I've never experienced before. This was just unbelievable in every way. I am so glad that I did it. I'm so glad that I got three hours of sleep the night before from getting out of the Devil's game, waking up at 6, and getting on the road and spending 10 hours in that stadium. I have absolutely zero regrets. I was completely useless at work Monday. Luckily, my boss lives in Texas. In fact, she's a big uh, Stars fan, so uh, we're going to go at it tomorrow. Uh, but she's a big hockey fan, and she knew I was going, and she was completely okay. She said to me yesterday morning, she's like, uh, you feeling all right? I'm 
like, I'll be honest with you, I'm not doing shit today. She's like, that's, don't worry about it. Just nap as needed. <laughs> so she was completely right. cool with it. But, uh, you know, I was pat. I mean, it was just unbelievable, the, the whole experience. Okay. I'm just, ugh, so great. Great, man. Now, we may have to come back around, um, get your ginger update on the next time. Cause you got to call get some talk this time. And, um, and also, the battle of the match, uh, Rimby versus Martin, uh, on the, in that first period. We get your thoughts, you and Glenn's thoughts on that. But, Carl, a uh, big win tonight versus the Stars and also the stadium series. Your thoughts on that as well and anything else Blue Shirts related. Blake Wheeler's out, but Sturkin, I think this, is, this night is about him tonight. What, what are your thoughts? Well, clearly the ginger is working because Scott, man, is working overtime right now. But um, as we as we go back to Sunday, <laughs> you know, as we go back to Sunday, you know, the experience sure as hell didn't seem great when it was four to one in the first in about the second period. I'll tell you that right no. now. You know, they were talk they were talking on the broadcast about how cold it was and how the temperature had dropped. I think around thirty degrees, maybe even a little bit lower than that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you're down four to one. You're sitting in the stadium. You know, things are not looking good. You're thinking if Igor is going to get pulled out of the game and you're freezing. Like, damn, I, I spent five hours off tailgating, driving up to the game, coming into the stadium. I spent all this money to see, you know, four, you know, four to one, ho-hum, you know, good night, the lights here. Like, is this really how this is going to go down? And, you know, that comeback in the third was, was tremendous. You know, unfortunately, you know, the Islanders, it was made, made a mention a number of times on how their penalty killing was so bad. And it actually did play out that way. And then when the final goal was scored in the overtime session, when, um, the defenseman on 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 the Islanders uh, knocked off the moorings of the uh, of the net. Yeah, you wonder if they were like, all right, the, the, the rest are going to screw this up here. They're going to they're going to call this correctly. And then the, when I, when the game was finally over, I, it was sort of like a weird thing that popped in my head. I texted somebody. I said, boy, you know, that's the most offense that's been seen in that stadium in a long time. Because you're not going to see that. Much, you know, you're probably not going to see it. Probably not going to see a lot of that this season either. So the rest of this calendar, you're like that's your one day. That's your one day of of of, uh, of loud cheering and offense. The rest of the time, eh, you're not going to see a whole lot going on there. So, so right, that was so those right. are those are those it's are not, my thoughts not, it's, on, it's, on. It's not it's not only a, a post game show. This is improv comedy here by Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I mean, man, it, it, it definitely popped into my head. I have to admit. Um, you know, one thing, and it's probably maybe for a later time, I, you know, someone mentioned it, you know, they, ha- they have the four teams over two days in the, uh, in the series was a very interesting concept. I, I don't know if that can be replicated throughout the league in different pods. You know, you probably could do it in Los Angeles with the, the Kings, the Ducks, have Vegas come in there over the course of a weekend, you play it right there. I was trying to – I know Chicago's got the Winter Classic coming up in January with St. Louis. They're facing St. Louis, but, you know, bring a team like – a local team like Detroit, you know, that's in that same region. I can't think of another – I don't know if you want to bring – you know, somebody else, Columbus, I don't know, somebody else. And, like, have, mm-hmm. have, have it be a weekend for the league. You know, two days, two games, you know, fill up a football stadium, you know, get 120, 140,000 people – into the into the stadium for you know because it spotlighted the league and you know that was a whole that whole Saturday was actually a very good promotional day for the league because if you noticed they had you know the three games that were on that Saturday was basically going from 12 o'clock through 10 p.m. Saturday night and then you had the games on Sunday as well so that was it was a good promotional thing for the league and I want to see you know more of that going forward uh, as far as tonight's game goes. I think we talked about this, I think it was after the Calgary game. That 
performance by Igor is why you live with the struggles that happen. Because at his peak, performance is much higher than anybody else's. Like he, there was a point in that game where I was thinking to myself, I said, boy, is he stealing the Stars' soul right now with some of these saves that he's making? You know, Dallas came off the, the, the night before. They were playing in, uh, in Boston uh, in, the, on, in the afternoon on President's Day. So it was a back-to-back for them. So they acquitted themselves, you know, very well. Unfortunately, they just got the wrong end on the, of an overtime game yesterday and then the 2-1 to one game tonight. There's not much more you can, you know, not much. I, I can't ask them to play any better than they have done the last, you know, 48 hours. And unfortunately, they came on the, they get zero, uh, they get zero victories out of it. I think they just get the one point because of the overtime yesterday. But, you know, that is, that is the, you know, we want we want consistency, obviously, but un, he might be the type of player as the sample size is growing that you might not get that consistency. But you, but when you get the game that he gives you, he gives you supreme dominance uh, in a game, and you might have to just accept it in, in short burst. And as we project forward, can you get that in seven games? You know, five times out of seven games. Perhaps, maybe you won't be able to get it for 20 or 25 games, but for a short sample of games, that might be where you know you think, okay, can can this happen? Uh, the Wheeler injury was unfortunate. It was sad to see, you know, him having to leave the ice uh, the other night uh, after that play. I was actually a little bit concerned. Luckily, he didn't get hurt seriously. Was Trocheck? He actually went down pretty awkwardly tonight mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, he came back. That I think he came back about a minute later, or even on that. Maybe it was on that same shift, or a minute later. But he came, you know, came back. But you know, with with the way the league is sort of set up with the cap and the sort of inability for basically any team really to make substantial moves money wise because of how you know things are, what the cost you know is in order to acquire players. You know, you're essentially kind of at the mercy of basically the team that you have, you know, you can kind of fix things at the margins, but you're not, but to ask for like significant to, to come into the team money wise, it's, it's almost impossible now to make that work. So you, unless you've got a farm system that can churn out some players to be able to at least give you some level of contribution at the, at the, uh, at the, at the NHL, you know, at the high end level, you're just going to have to kind of, you know, piece it together as you can and just hope for the best. Yeah, definitely. Shout outs to you, man. Shout outs to Carl. Oh uh, yeah, um, this is good. Like since the All Star break, uh, Blue Shirts have been on a nice two point stretch of just win after win, and um, starting with the Colorado game. And it, you know, I I don't think this is the style they would like to play, but it worked tonight. And, and the biggest thing in the streak for me has been shoring up the defense, and they have done that outside of the Islander game on Sunday, but. Uh, you know, it looked it kind of bleak, and they made a, a miraculous comeback in that game. But defensively, this is where they needed improvement, and this kind of showing right now. And this this is why they are on the roll that they are. Um, Kappa Kappa got to give him props too, because he's got like a point in like the last five games, man. We just wanted to see mild production, especially from his position, and he got the goal tonight. Uh, you know, I know Scott, you you don't like me getting on your boy, and I thought he would have got that first goal. But luckily for um, 
the ricochet and the pass out from Panarin to hit Adam Fox to get that first goal, man. I really was hoping Lafayette would have cashed in when he was really point blank range. But nonetheless, the blue shirts find a way to get another W, two points, and especially off the stadium series. This is this is the best thing I've seen for the NHL in a, in a while in a regular season. And you're right, Scott. It, it, Obviously, geometric, you know, ge- geometry comes into play. Rectangle stadium, rectangle ice. It makes sense. Or oval, however you want to call it. Whatever shit you want to call it. You know, baseball stadiums is okay, is cool. Or or some other outside venue. But it, what, what really made this work, obviously, we all know, all those teams are within 90 miles of each other, including Philadelphia. So Philadelphia going in MetLife, that's nothing for that particular franchise or its fans. Obviously, the Devils is right there. Obviously, the Rangers is all over the Tri-State. Same thing with the Islanders, mostly in Long Island. But I would say they're sprinkled all throughout the Tri-State as well. So it made sense for those four teams, especially. I don't think there is another market that could do it like that because of this the situation with all these teams in a one condensed area. But uh, Igor Shosturkin, great game. We've got to still see more. We've got to see – but he made some – Big saves tonight in the third period. Big, big time saves. So, Glenn, I'll go back to you. Anything else you'd like to add? Unfortunate uh, injury with Wheeler. So, we saw Kimpy, uh, Rimpy come up. And you saw him in the first period um, battling with Matt Martin from the Islanders, man. The big, the big he's a real Paul Bunyan guy, man. What are your thoughts on that fight, man? And and I definitely want to get Scott's thoughts if there was any fights leaving MetLife Stadium on Sunday. It had to be some sort of ticked off Islander fans. Because yeah. how yeah. can you not be ticked off losing like that? Um, Glenn, your thoughts, and then I definitely get Scott's thoughts and his ginger update, and then go back to Carl. You know that that uh, Matt Martin Rempe fight reminded me of uh, uh, I forget if it was ninety or ninety one, the Islander series uh, uh, playoff series with the Rangers, uh, where there was a lot of that that went on, but uh, it was uh, you know one of those things where a goal gets scored. Uh, you line up for the face-off, two guys talk to each other, and, you know, before the before the puck hits the ice for the face-off, the gloves are off and they're going at it. And it reminded me of uh, uh, hockey from about 30, 35 years ago, uh, the way the way those, those things used to happen all the time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was great. Hey, you know, that's why he's up here. He's up here for uh, not just to fight. I mean, he can play, but he's up here to, to play tough, to give the Rangers some size and, uh, uh, you know, some grit and, somebody on the ice for the other team to be looking over their shoulder, uh, looking out for. So uh, I thought he did a great job. You know, it's kind of funny uh, since we're talking about this. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, pregame show tonight, but they showed a little clip of uh, LaViolette, uh, you know, kind of calling out, you know, different guys for good things and everything. And uh, I was cooking dinner, so I wasn't totally focused on it. But I hear him say, uh, oh, and, and uh, yeah, ref, uh, ref, where, where are they? You know, something uh, like that. You really got us going tonight. And uh, I said to myself, refs? What are the refs doing in, in the Ranger locker room after the game? But, yeah, they really did get the Rangers going on uh, on Sunday afternoon. And then I, and then I saw Kreider giving the uh, Broadway hat to uh, Rempe. And I was like, oh, Rempe, Remps, not refs. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, he really did, uh, uh, you know, do what he's up here to do. And it seems like everybody's doing that right now. Um, as far as uh, Wheeler goes, yeah, I mean that that's uh, you know that that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, you know, the guy 
late in his career, obviously, uh, coming here. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, when, when he was playing in the middle six more or, or on the third line, uh, he was kind of doing what the, the Rangers brought him in to do. Uh, I thought, you know, when they had to put him up on the first line, it was maybe a little bit of a stretch. But, uh, you know, he did okay. And I thought he would be, uh, you know, a, a kind of veteran presence and another guy that's been through it, uh, you know, especially going into the playoffs and everything. He'd be a valuable guy. Um, I was kind of wondering. I didn't bring it up because it was a little premature of, uh, you know, if the Rangers went out and got a right wing to play with Mika and Kreider. And then you got uh, Lafreniere on the second line, and uh, uh, you got Kako, I guess, you know, kind of playing on the third line in, in that configuration. What were they going to do with Wheeler uh, going forward and going into the playoffs? Were they really going to put him on the fourth line? Um, and I guess, unfortunately, now that question has been answered, and they're not going to have to worry about it. But, uh, um, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, a guy who's been well-respected in the league for a long time, um, and it's uh, unfortunate. You know, the guy came here because he uh, – felt that this was a team that could win a cup, obviously. Uh, took, uh, you know, uh, under a million-dollar salary to come and play here. And, uh, you know, it was really kind of a feel-good story. And uh, you hate to see it turn out this way. And, um, you know, we don't know how serious it is, but hopefully, uh, you know, if they do make a long run in the playoffs, maybe he can get into a game or two and, and feel like he's uh, contributing. So, uh, you know, just best wishes for him and hopefully uh, – he recovers, and, uh, you know, it, this is not the end of his career. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. But it was, it was sad to see that happen. And I think that just emphasizes really uh, not just the Rangers, but all the teams that uh, are contenders for the Cup. And there are quite a few of them this year. Uh, you know, between the Rangers with Heedle and, uh, you know, Lindgren getting hit in the, in the face the other day with the puck, I was real worried about that. I thought that was going to be worse than uh, uh, it wound up being. And Wheeler, uh, I mean, the thing is right now for, for all of these teams is to just try and stay healthy. I know the points are important. you got to play hard. Uh, you know, you want to keep winning. But uh, a key injury to any of these teams right now can just sink uh, what could be a special season for a lot of them. So uh, I think the Wheeler thing just kind of – and Trocek tonight looked like it could have been something bad too when he popped up. But I think the big thing right now for a lot of these teams is you just got to hope that, uh, you know, guys can stay healthy and, and uh, get to the playoffs and go from there because uh, that's really, you know, to me, uh, the key right now for a lot of these teams. I agree with that, man. Shout-outs to you, Glenn. Let's get uh, Scott's thoughts, uh, any carryover from – you know what, Scott? We had something from the end of last week's show. I brought up to Carl last week or last Thursday on the football show. What was you wanted to bring up to uh, Carl at the end of the show last week? Oh, and then also yeah, your the, thoughts uh, on the Islanders. The, the, the Ottawa-Toronto empty net situation. Um, oh, okay. you, you, yeah, you, you want me to give you the hold ginger on. report first, or uh, what do you want me to do? Okay, all that stuff. Uh, Ginger Report, uh, anything okay. with the fans leaving the stadium, uh, anything with blue shirt oh. play, and, and, um, and then follow up from what you said last week at the uh, conclusion of that. So. Okay, um, so 
the, the stadium, so and it was overwhelmingly Rangers. The Islanders had a decent show, and it was overwhelmingly Rangers. And when it was 4-1, and it was funny because, you know, we're always talking about how the Rangers and, and against the Islanders come out sluggish, and the Islanders always come out fired up. So here, Rangers get a quick goal. The fight, good for, for Rempe, first NHL game, first player in NHL history to uh, make his debut in an outdoor game, and he fights, you know, a, a, a well-established tough guy right off the bat, and I think he wins that fight so you know after right after the goal so you cannot possibly more establish the tone i'm like yay this is something we can't do against the islanders and then before you know it it's three to one i'm like what happened so at least they tried to set the tone um in any case so yeah it was a four one and it was mostly ranger fans around me and everybody's you know pretty much at least buzzed at the very least having a good time and i know there were these guys like three rows down and you know and when it was four one you know they were they were having a laugh and having a great time and i kept screaming out i'm like you're still not going to the playoffs and then this guy turned around and was like well it sucks you can't even beat a playoff team and i'm like you know what good good response damn it good yeah. response um and then all of a sudden we inside the game um we're just having a field day and i'm screaming out at these guys it's like that's why you're not going to the playoffs you guys are terrible. It's just great. And then it was pretty much and then after they won. I mean, the Islander fans, it, it, it's hard to say these words out loud that I almost felt bad for them. Almost. Almost is the key word. But, I mean, the look on these people's faces, they didn't have one word to say. I mean, they just looked so dejected, making that walk of shame amongst the Ranger fans down those long ramps. You know, one after the other, there's like 30 of them. They could not get out of that state. But I've been there. I've been in that situation. I know. Um, you almost, almost felt bad for them. Uh, I mean, they were just, but it was, it was wonderful to see. I mean, their misery, like, sustains me, makes me happy. Uh, you know, and again, as reinforced by Evan Roberts' ridiculous comments today, just, just sums up the entire pathetic, loser, whiny bitch fan, fan base, the entire Islander fan base, Evan Roberts just summed up in one comment by just blowing a gasket at how Ranger fans were celebrating this game on Sunday. Uh, and so they definitely deserve that walk of shame out of that arena. Uh, but no, there's no fights that I saw. Nothing around us anyway. Didn't hear about it. Nobody talking about it. I don't think, uh, I think everybody got along just fine. Um, as far as I know, anyway. Uh, so moving on next, uh, the Blake Wheeler injury. Yeah, that, that's, that's terrible. Um, I liked him on the third line. I, you know, especially for that price, I liked what he had, uh, what he contributed. Um, now don't misinterpret this next comment. I want to make sure it's, it's explained when I say that there might be a silver lining to this and that does not in any way mean I'm happy that he is off the team. Cause there's, if you're, if you look at, you know, we, we, you know, obviously RP is always talking about how ridiculous Ranger Twitter is Ranger social media. There's people that are like happy that he's like off the team and like out, you know, and, and I think it's disgusting, especially, you know, a, uh, a guy, you know, who might be ending his career, you know, uh, a guy with a you know like that who might be might have had his career ended with this. Um, so I am not. That's not what I meant at all. And what I do mean by that is that you know before the Wheeler injury, we were pretty much all in agreement that we needed another right wing. Um, and now we definitely need another right wing. And 
which segues me into the uh, Ginger Report um, because I think that that's the right wing we need. Now, I will give him credit uh, for, for playing, especially in the Sunday game. He had two assists, and that tying goal uh, is all him pretty much. You know, Panarin takes the shot. It goes wide. It's in the corner. And, and you know, he was chasing an Islander guy, had a step on it, uh, had a step on him. And, you know, all he had to do was just wing that down the ice. And, you know, again, they can shoot for the empty net because they're shorthanded. Uh, but at the very least, that's about to be cleared. And he made a great effort there to knock it loose and knock it to uh, knock it away from him, and Panarin got it, and then gave it back to him, and then he made that beautiful pass to uh, to Fox in the center, who then fed Zibanejad for the one timer to tie that game. So two assists, and that you know, if you really really watch that, if you didn't notice it, uh, how instrumental he was in addition to that assist, uh, you know, that could very well have ended the game, or at least you know, cleared it down the ice and start over. Uh, if not for the play he made. So I will give him credit for that. Um, and then, as Steve, as you pointed out on the KGYR game thread, uh, he went right back to his old ways of missing a point-blank opportunity. Um, here's my suggestion with him. My suggestion is they keep putting in a new right winger on the on, on the Criders' manager line every time. If Panera, Panera – if um, – Lavernier is is turning into a good a good passer, a good setup man. Um, he he's he's a good four checker. He's good at you know winning those battles, creating turnovers. So why? But he can't finish. So why not try him with Kreider and Zbanejad? Let him be the one setting up Kreider and Zbanejad if they're putting a different rate playing uh you know right winger uh revolving door on that line anyway put him there where he could set those two guys up those two guys are obviously finishers and then you know get them to the right winger we're gonna have to get anyway uh on that second line with somebody who can finish like a, a Vetrano or Taris or whoever it happens to be or even BC because I, I to be honest with you I trust BC to be able to finish more than I do Lafreniere I mean look at it Lafreniere's got what 14 goals BC has what 11 you know, we're talking Lafreniere's on, on Panarin's line all year long, and VZ's got 11 goals on the fourth line. <laughs> He's obviously the better finisher. He was on the first line today. Why not put Lafreniere in with, with Kreider and Zbanejad, let him do the passing and the setup, and then put uh, VZ there, you know, until we make a trade? I don't know. That's just my suggestion. i got to believe that Laviolette has at least considered that. Um so that's uh, that's the ginger report there, uh, but yeah, we uh, they got to make something happen now. I think uh, I, I love the the Rempe and Edstrom, also a big mammoth dude. Uh, we got some size and we got some hitting now uh, on the bottom six, and that's good to see. So uh, I still think we do need uh, uh, you know a more veteran presence at center there in that third line, but you know I I, I think we definitely now need a right winger. Um, so, okay. uh, last topic of my uh, of my turn, uh, the get, Carl. Getting back to you, um, uh, what you brought up about that uh, <laughs> that slap shot empty yeah. and the uh, chaos that ensued. Um, Actually, I'm I, I want to hear. I'm curious what you got. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I I agree with kicking the guy's ass. Um, it's 
one of those unwritten etiquette rules, and I was trying really <laughs> to, to blow through them. And I know, and again, Steve, I don't blame you for cutting me off. I know we had a hard stop, um, so I don't know if uh, if anything I said was was actually heard or interpreted. But one of those unwritten etiquette rules, you know, there's the rules of etiquette. You know, you see it a lot with with, with fighting per se. You know, when two guys are fighting, you know, in, unless you've just got a real loose cannon asshole, like you know, you had you know some just you know guys that are messed up in the head. We've had those back in the day. But, you know, when it comes to the fights, it, 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 you know, it, when two guys are fighting, if one guy's done, you know, the other guy will, will usually back off. Or if he knocks him down, you know, there, there's that etiquette there. You know, Ryan Reeves is not going to challenge Artemi Panarin to a fight. You know, there's just etiquette there. Um, and, you know, in, in other sports where, where you see it, like, you, you know, in, in football, if there's four minutes left in the game and you're up by 30 with the ball, you're not going to do a shotgun and throw a 60-yard bomb. You know, it's just poor etiquette. Because if you do, you, you know, your quarterback's probably going to get a concussion on the next play, and you can't blame them for doing that. Uh, baseball, you know, you're not going to be, when you're up by 10 runs in the ninth inning with a guy on first, you're not stealing second. Because if you do, your next batter is going to take a fastball off the cheek. And rightfully so. So there are certain things of etiquette that will get your ass kicked. And I think this was one of them. Um, now, granted, he probably only did it because he was playing the Leafs. Well, A, everybody hates the Leafs in general. But it was, you know, Ottawa, Toronto, the Battle of Ontario. They, the Ottawa sure does not have much to, uh, to cheer about all year. So he probably got caught up in the moment there. And it was kind of an FU Leafs. But that being said, it is poor etiquette. It's just something you don't do. You don't just wind up and take a slapper. Um, you know, another thing of etiquette, like, again, with, with the big leads, you see these things with big leads. You know, if you're up five goals in the third with three minutes left, you're, you're, you're not going to wind up and take a, a slap shot from the point. That's going to get your ass kicked. So I guess that's a more comparable uh, example. So it, it's just a dick move. Um, I think it's funny. I don't think it's, you know, like malicious dick, but it is a dick move. And I think Morgan Riley was absolutely right to, so as, to, to crush the guy for it. Uh, that being said, I think the league was absolutely right to suspend him for it. It was one of those penalties you have to take. Um, so, uh, you know, okay. I, I don't fault Morgan Riley for, for getting the retaliation, uh, but, he, but he had to be suspended by now, five games. Now, this goes back to the Dalton player safety being a joke. Five games is an absolute joke when you're giving out two games to Brad Marchand for a seventh suspension. Uh, so I think five games was definitely extreme, and I think the, that's the league just flexing their muscles, saying, you know, we don't tolerate this kind of thing. So I think the suspension should have been one, maybe two games, but he definitely should have been penalized. But you absolutely got to kick the guy's ass for doing that. It's just poor. All right. All right. We'll, we'll do this. Carl, you go next. Hey, yeah, you can rebut that, Carl, and then you can take a turn. Then after that, we're going to go for final thoughts. Go ahead, Carl. Okay. So, so, Scott, answer these three questions for me. Did he accomplish what he was trying to accomplish by his retaliation? Would he do it again knowing the penalty that exists? And then three, why is it that all of a sudden now he found that particular time to sort of make his stand? You know, the, since he's been a Maple Leaf, you know, he's been getting beat down, him and his team by teams like Boston, Florida, and anybody else that's been any good. And yet instead he, de- he decides to play tough guy against basically one of the two or three worst teams in the league. How comes he doesn't do that against anybody who's good? I, find that, I just find that to be sort of punching down and sort of a, a bully-type tactic that he wouldn't, I don't believe, do against anybody else that's stronger and better than he is. 
and the team, by the way. All right, short answer, well, Scott. Like it's easy, like it's easy to do that against Ottawa. It's easy to do it against a player that's not going to basically, you know, it's against a know nothing player. But you know, his 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 son's stance on that issue, considering his career and what he's been through and what the team has been through, seems to strike me as very odd that this little thing out of everything that has happened over the last seven years with him and that team sort of strikes me as, you know, wait a second. This is what we're going to now take a stand on? Really? Like, that's how I look at it. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, again, I don't think uh, the guy in Ottawa, and I can't remember who it was, but again, if he's not playing Toronto, that doesn't happen. If this is Madison Square Garden against the Rangers, he's not going to do that. It's going to—I think he strictly did it because it was the Leafs. I think it was an Ontario thing. you know, I don't even think you would see that in Rangers Islanders. I don't think you would see that in Calgary Edmonton. I think because it, the Leafs is the Leafs, and 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 you know, like the the what I was about to compare it to is remember um remember when Terrell Owens was on um again different sport, but remember Terrell Owens was on San Francisco and he's playing at Dallas and he scores a touchdown and he runs all the way to the center field and he spikes the ball, plants it in the middle of the star, and then he did that. He he should have gotten decapitated for the first time, but then he did it a second time and then somebody on Dallas just comes running out and absolutely crushes them and I think he got thrown out of the game for that so it's just like you have to protect you, you know I mean this was at Ottawa so it's not protecting your house situation yeah he's not protecting but, anything that's the thing it's, uh, he's not being dis- disrespectful yeah, like, so <laughs> it, it's semi comparable but it's not completely comparable but you just it's it, again. It's just one of those poor etiquette things, and you don't really see it. I, I can't even remember the last time I saw like that exact type of thing. You know, because again, if you're coming in on a on a breakaway against the empty net, you you, you just don't see the guy wind up and take a full blast from three feet out. I mean, yes, it's, I mean, who, you're not harming anyone. It's not like there's not like a goalie's face that you're aiming at. That's the point. There's nobody there. But it, right. it's just it's you, a douchey thing, thing to do. <laughs> You know, right, 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 right. There's no, do, there's no victim there. there. There's no victim there except for the Leafs' pride is, is what it is. You know, Morgan Riley was basically protecting their his, pride. His, his, his it was a douchey thing to do, and and he made them pay for it. So I don't fault, I don't fault anybody in the scenario. Again, like it's because it's the Leafs. I don't fault for the dude for taking the slap shot, but it needs to be addressed in my opinion. So I don't fault Morgan Riley for trying to take his head off, and I don't fault the league for punishing him for it. And last thing on this, yeah, ahead, last thing on this I, 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 get, I get very uncomfortable whenever I hear the term the code being used in a lot of these sports because all that is is very subjective – there is no you, if I if I asked if you asked if you did a poll of players right now and said give me your five unwritten rules that probably doesn't even rank in the top five. So when in, in baseball and all these other sports that have these sort of codish rules that are subjective to player to player to player, then all of a sudden you get into a weird gray area and nobody knows anything. Well, yeah, again, I mean, right. that, that is probably not in that rule, unwritten rule book, but I can see, what, again, because it's so rare. I can't even remember the last time that, that I saw somebody do something like that because it is rare, but it just seemed like a really douchebag thing to do, and that's why I don't fault them for taking offense to it. 
and uh and and now we're at eight um very nice uh and I'm nervous taking an eight-game heater against the Devils because we really absolutely want to win that. You know, first Islander game, you know, all stadium event aside, it was the first Islander game, and we did get the win, which was nice. Um, But uh, now we need to set the tone against the Devils because, like like Glenn said, they're they're hanging on. Uh, You know, they're obviously well in the race, but uh, their goaltending and defense issues do not seem to be getting any better, which is great. And and then – my my Calgary friends when they were in town apparently I don't and I don't know if we addressed this last week but uh apparently they were very very close to a deal for Markstrom and even like the Calgary did not know about it because they thought Markstrom was off the market they thought with this little retooling thing they got going on that they would build around him because you got a Vesna you know caliber goalie you don't just trade that um you know if you're not doing a complete rebuild which they're not but apparently after the fact it came out that they were very close to a deal and it fell apart at the last minute and then. It was revealed afterwards, so that's that's not good because uh, you also got Carolina in the market. I don't want either of those teams to get Markstrom, but if I had to pick one, it would be Carolina. But uh, yeah, so that, that that did not make me feel easy. Uh, in any case, right. uh, we, we got to wrap yeah, it up, Scott. Got. We got to go. <laughs> All right, thank you, bro. <laughs> Cole, final thoughts, and then we wrap up. Is Cole there? No. Carl? Oh, whoops. Oh, dang, I had myself on mute. My mistake. Sorry about that. Um, no, as we look ahead here, the magic number I'm looking at is 10. Uh, t- if the Rangers can gather a 10-point lead going into March, that would then sort of set up where I don't think they'll blow the lead and they'll win the division pretty comfortably. And then that sets up right now the two teams that we're sort of looking at as postseason opponents uh, would be either Tampa Bay or Detroit um, as it stands today. Um, I've I'm trying to gauge a matchup on either side. I think probably it's kind of an even, even split. I don't know if you'd, you know, one or the other, but those are the just kind of advanced scouting. Cause I know in the first period, I was thinking to myself when we were watching the, the Islanders game, I was like, man, like, do the Rangers really want to face the Islanders in the first round of the playoffs? You know, with, with the Islanders really having nothing to lose. And so that kind of got in my head, but you know, as time goes on here, I don't think they'll be able to sort of sustain the Islanders the rest of the way here. So that's just something I'm just thinking about as we move ahead. All right, cool, man. Thank you very much, guys. Um, next Tuesday, in between games, in between, matter of fact, a sandwich between the Blue Jackets. So let's we'll pick two teams. I'll, I'll we'll go Devils and Blue Jackets. Since we played the Blue Jackets Sunday and Wednesday, we have our episode Tuesday. Uh, we could squeeze in some talk about the Blue Jackets and the uh, New Jersey Devils. I think we we haven't talked about them yet this season in mid season. Um, yeah, man, we're rolling. It's good discussion, good uh, experience from Scott from the stadium series and Glenn's thoughts, as well as Carl's on, on this win streak and a big win and a big uh, help by English Historian tonight. Uh, we'll talk about it again in uh, a week from now. We, one week from now, we got, you know, we don't go, we're not going far, you know, just right back to Jersey, right? <laughs> well, the team's going right back to Jersey. <laughs> and then right down the turnpike to Philadelphia. A matter of fact, uh, Scott, I think you said if you could answer this real quick. I know I I said you know final thoughts. What happened with Tony Luke's in Philly? What happened with them? Because we're gonna go back to Philly on Saturday, the team. But you, you had I thought you had mentioned something about them a couple like about uh, three weeks ago or something like that. Uh, I don't. What are about the team? Or, or no, are they, are they going to the game? Did you, 
Tony Luke's. The oh, chief Tony Luke's. Yeah, the owner of Tony yeah. Luke's got uh, sentenced to two years for like fraud oh, or embezzlement or something. So <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't. I, I may have sent you the link. I don't know uh, if I, I'll send it to you tomorrow. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I gotta read that story. And uh, real quick, uh, Steve and Glenn, I PM'd you that video of the uh, of the crowd on Zika's goal. Uh, Facebook yep. PM'd you, so check that out when you get a chance when we're done. And somebody forward that to, to Carl because I'm not Facebook friends with him. All right, we'll get. Uh, we we'll can't we'll we just there. we just aren't. <laughs> All right, we'll do that, man. All right, guys, Congress, so ladies and gentlemen, we'll uh, pick up next Tuesday, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Blue Jackets and uh, Devils as well, as well as the Blues. Let's see where they go. Hopefully, they're still on that uh, win streak. All right, take care, man. Bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.